It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on? Jermaine Johnson, tune in to Turn On The Jets podcast. Hey, this is Vinny Pasquantino of the Kansas City Royals. Make sure you tune into the Turn On The Jets podcast. Everybody. Welcome back to the Turn of the Jets podcast. I'm your host, Will Parkinson, at Will Pollard on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Aaron Rodgers watch, uh, you know, was, uh, we're in day 1,000, it feels like, at this point. Obviously, last time, uh, you know, Michael Carter joined us, and we talked a little Rodgers and, and kind of expectations for this team. We're going to get more into the Aaron Rodgers talk here in a moment, but Tyler Brook, who, who covers the Packers for Acme Packing Company, or Co., whenever, how you want to phrase it, um, has also written the book, The, the Science of Football. Um, he, I think he came on right before uh, the Jets smoked the Packers in week four or yes. five, whatever that was. Um, so I guess you're good luck for the Jets fan on the, on the pod. Tyler, how are we doing today? <laughs> I'm great. Uh, I'm sure as, uh, the Packers guy coming on the pod, we don't have too much to talk about, right? Uh, there's not a whole lot going on between the Jets and the Packers right about it's, now. It's weird. I, I'm self-admittedly been a diehard Aaron Rodgers fan for a very long time. Anyone that's followed me, probably it's annoying at this. It was annoying at one point. It was a <laughs> tweet about Rodgers so much. You, you cover the Jets. It felt like there was a kind of a. When the Jets went and played the Packers even last year, and it felt like, you know, two years ago when they went out there for training camp, fan bases kind of were on the same page. It was like, oh, like the Jets fan base is super passionate. You know, obviously they're not really competition to us. It is uh, it is ugly on the Twitter <laughs> streets and um, between Jets and Packers fan. We'll, like I said, we'll get to Rodgers first. We didn't break it down too much in last episode. Alan Lazard signs a four-year, $44 million deal. It's essentially two for 22, and a majority of the money is in year two. I think he's only a three or $4 million cap hit this year. You've watched Lazard obviously for a couple of years now. On the surface of it, it kind of just feels like a him and Corey Davis are swapping, and he's a yeah. You know, he's, he just stays a little healthier than Corey Davis. What what I guess what were your impressions of Lazard? You know, I guess the, aside from the ayahuasca, him and Aaron Rodgers did together. <laughs> well, that celebration was epic when he did that. Um, but you know, honestly, following Lazard's career, I followed him before he was even a Packer uh, at Iowa State. You know, I had a lot of friends that went there when I lived in Chicago and they're like, you guys, you have to check out this Lazard guy, like big bodied receiver, made a ton of plays. Uh, and it's really cool to see how his career has developed. Right. You know, undrafted free agent, had a ton of college production, was actually on the Jaguars practice squad before getting scooped up uh, and then ended up becoming like a really solid player for the Packers over the years. Never would have expected him to be like the number one receiver in Green Bay, uh, just because that's not his skill set. Um, but like the role he ended up having was incredibly valuable. Uh, if you have a team that loves to run the football, 
you can basically play Lazard as a tight end or an insert blocker. Uh, and some of the plays he makes doing that are, you know, pave the way for some explosive runs. So uh, if, if the jets really want to get Michael Carter and these like really promising running backs going, like he's going to spring guys loose as a wide receiver. Uh, he's not going to create a ton of, a uh, ton of separation, but he can push the field vertically. He can come up with contested catches. And I think when you think of that all around skill set, as long as you have like a true separator, and I think Garrett Wilson can be that guy, uh, it's a really, really good fit. Yeah, I think Corey Davis is going to count for 13 million this year. Lazard will count for three. He obviously he's played under Hackett, catches a bunch of touchdowns in the red zone. The Jets have been atrocious in the red zone. At some point, you're going to have to bring over of all of Rogers' buddies. Um, him and as much I will get to Mercedes Lewis in a second because there actually is there actually is a role for Mercedes Lewis. And if you ask any tight around the tight end around the league, he's still probably a top five run blocker. He obviously is cooked as a as a route runner, but (laughs) Lazard is a guy like at least you're going to get production, right? This isn't a Randall Cobb or or somebody else where you're kind of bringing them in for there's a few moments here or there, but it's more of like it's kind of it's more of a locker room. Like we want Rogers to have buddies. Lazard makes sense. Like it, it was a guy that yeah. you could convince yourself, even if they weren't getting Rogers, the Jets probably should have targeted. Is the contract great? If they, if they paid all four years, probably not. It probably, like I said, it's a two year window. They're in at some level, you know, he compete. The Jets are really small at receiver. Um, Garrett Wilson was their biggest receiver. I felt like last year, a lot of points and he's like maybe six foot on a good day and 180 pounds. Right. And Elijah Moore's tiny. Braxton Barris was small. Like, Corey Davis was big, but would miss every other game. So, like I said, I agree with, you know, the run game is the big portion for that. You want to spring Brees Hall, Michael Carter. You hope he produces in the red zone. You're not looking for Lazard to get 10 targets a game. He's not a wide receiver one. They're not paying him like that either. So, I want to get to Mercedes Lewis quickly because he's a guy that the Jets have three tight ends that are capable on their roster, right? Like, they've paid Uzama. They've paid Conklin. Conklin was second on team in yards last year, you know, in in receptions and yards and all that stuff. Uzama had some moments. He's obviously you know, kind of the rah-rah, more of a face than I think maybe he plays as much of a role. Jeremy Ruckert looked promising in, in his moments. Mercedes Lewis is obviously 100 years old, and he's more of a 38, like 38, which is incredible. Like, I don't think we appreciate enough how crazy it is that a 38-year-old tight end is still able to play on good football teams. What's there to expect from Mercedes Lewis? Because like I mentioned, Tyler Conklin was on. He was like, we all study Mercedes Lewis in the run game still to this day because he's – just so good at it. Is that really what you're expecting from? Cause I don't, I don't like really get the fit other than he just, him and Rogers are boys and he's Mercedes Lewis. You're getting a, you're getting a sixth offensive lineman on the field uh, that can occasionally leak out. And he's, he's making plays every once in a while because no one's covering him, right? Like they just don't expect him to go out into coverage. So like, there's a role there. And it's funny, like with the amount of draft scouting I've been doing every time I watch Darnell Washington, I'm like, there's Mercedes Lewis brought back from like fountain of youth. Um, that's what you're getting. You're getting a six offensive lineman who can leak out, uh, but off the field, I mean, like the locker room guy, everyone's told me about Mercedes Lewis. Just everyone loves that guy. He was a real catalyst for like having that team buy in the past few years. Um, and they really thought they were gonna make some pushes because everyone really, a lot of people were talking about, they wanted to win a super bowl for Mercedes Lewis for big dog. Um, you'll also notice if he ever scores a touchdown, Everyone freaks out on the team. Everyone goes, runs, and starts barking at him. Um, so it, it, it's just one of these guys. You know what you're getting, and it's not – I mean, there is a role, but more than anything, you're getting a locker room guy. Yeah, I think 
you, at some level, you got to have guys that know how to win. I think that's been, you know, the Jets got a little bit of that last year. You got some guys in the building, and you, now you're kind of trying to see it. When you're going into for a championship window, you need guys that know, you know, and it could be great for Jamie Rucker. It could be great. I mean, I don't know how on game days, if they're going to dress four tight ends, what they're going to do. There's a lot to kind of work out there. But yeah, um, yeah no, I'm, I'm on the same page there. There's one name I want to kind of get this. You know, I didn't talk about the Chuck Clark move that the Jets, it was basically, mm-hmm. you know, the Ravens were going to cut him. They didn't want to pay him. He plays every snap. He plays everywhere. The Jets do have holes at safety, whether they like to admit it or not. They're probably, they probably have at least, they need at least one more guy. It's more of a, you know, kind of that center field, you know, more of a ball hawk type of guy. But impressions of Chuck Clark just being around the league, like, does that move make sense for them? I mean, it's four million bucks for a 20, 35 seventh round pick. I, I know very little about Chuck Clark. Clark. I do know the Packers need a safety, uh, so I've been watching a lot of them. I think the problem, if they're trying to go in the draft, is that just like the athleticism isn't there from what they historically draft. So that's why when that Chuck Clark move happened, a lot of Packers fans are speculating, is that going to be part of like a Rodgers package deal or something like that? Um, but it's weird because both teams need safety help. There's not a lot of options in the draft. Um, so, and there's not, not, a lot an, of... not an athletic class. Uh... No. No, <laughs> outside of maybe Jordan Battle for his size or Sidney Brown out of Illinois, but that kid misses way too many tackles. That was uh, that was one of your funnier tweets I've seen in a while. <laughs> You're like, oh, this is a 14 minute clip of him missing tackles, but it's okay because he tested really well. And he's a psycho. I mean, I I just love the safeties that are willing to throw their face out there. Um, yeah, I, I don't have too many opinions on Chuck Clark. I haven't even bothered to watch him yet. Um, if he ever becomes a Packer, if that does happen, obviously I'll go and uh, check him out. <laughs> no, it's uh, it's a move that look. It's the Jets needed depth there, no matter what. Yeah. He's a twenty twenty four seventh round pick. It's yeah, that's for three million bucks. He he stays healthy. I, I think that's kind of like, can you just stay on the field for us at safety? Let's the rest of the time we're probably just gonna end up talking Rodgers. So let's start from, I guess from the Packers' perspective, what'd you make of? the scorched earth approach she kind of went with. Were you surprised it had to get to this point? Were you surprised at the, I don't want to say the language, but the the way in which he kind of, like, is anything that you felt like he said not true or was true that no one talked about? Like, how did you make, just in the Packers side, not even, nothing to do with the Jets, nothing to do with trade terms, yeah. but just, he kind of was like, fuck you, Brian Gutekunst, like, I'm out, and it's literally your fault and nobody else's. It kind of is what I read it as. Yeah, I think nothing he said was new, right? It was the same stuff when that draft day announcement a couple years back came out that he wanted to be traded. Um, And it's a lot of, it was a lot of the same stuff. Like, you know, not thrilled that the Packers drafted his replacement, uh, not thrilled with the way the veterans have been treated. And like historically, whether it, (laughs) historically with the way the Packers have operated, whether it was under Ted Thompson or Brian Gutekunst, they love to develop internally. And if a guy is seeking money that's outside of like market value, uh, they're just going to let him walk. They're not going to overpay guys. Um, that that sucks for like veterans that are super established. That like I, the guy that always comes to mind for me was Micah Hyde, phenomenal slot guy, made so many plays, was going to have a huge free agent market. And they just could not afford to pay him. Um, so then he went on to be in a Buffalo Bill and has had a great career there. Um, that's rubbed the wrong way with a lot of veterans. But you know the Packers aren't the only team that does this, and for them. You know, we can only talk about, yeah, they've only had two Super Bowls with Favre and Rodgers, but they've had consistent long-term success, consistently made the playoffs, and this is just how they've operated as a culture. It sucks for veterans. I get it. I, I can understand why players like Aaron Rodgers are upset that your friends or guys that are great culture fits 
don't get to stay there long-term. But at the end of the day, football's a business. It sucks. And from like Ted Thompson and Brian Gutekunst's perspectives, I totally get why they do it. Yeah, look, I think the Rodgers, the trade-up, you know, he, he talked about it on Kyle Brandt's show, and that's the first time he talked about it two years ago or three years ago. He's now crazy enough. He was pissed. He hasn't, and he's tried to like, it's slowly just, it's not even, the one thing I do like about Rodgers that I, I think people kind of get misconstrued. He doesn't bash short. He hasn't bashed short level once. He no, literally hyped him off the interview and like, there's his, oh, he's a bad teammate. I don't know if he's a bad teammate. I think he's a little self-centered, but <clears throat> most of these guys are pretty self-centered. Tom Brady and the Jimmy Garoppolo thing was, was pretty horrific at the same time. I mean, like yeah. these things happen. They, they moved on from Jimmy because they went the other way, right? They moved on from Jimmy. And then they ended up having to move on from Tom. I think the Packers are trying to just make that smooth transition similar to what they did with Favre. I know it's a different scenario. Favre retired yeah. and unretired and the whole thing. And Aaron Rodgers was a, like a, oh, he fell to us in the draft. Now we traded up. There's all these different things. My point is just. Well, also, Rodgers, like, let's not forget, Rodgers was treated horribly by Favre in that succession horribly. plan. And Jordan Love has been on record talking about how much Rodgers has helped him with development. I am convinced for all the faults and all the weaknesses and all the frustrations surrounding Rodgers, uh, he's never taken it out on love, and he actually has been a good resource for the guy. Yeah, look, I think we'll see. We're, are we going to know, you know, how Jordan Love is until maybe week ten, week twelve next year? Maybe we don't even know next year. We don't. We have no idea because he's played literally basically no football, you know, for three or four years now. I just think the Packers' perspective that what's tough is they went all in, and they should have just they really should have just moved on last year because his value was literally insane. He needed a new yeah. contract. That team, once they traded Devontae, you knew that team. I don't know. I personally didn't think – I thought they'd make the playoffs. I didn't think they were a Super Bowl team anymore. And they drafted a, a thousand defensive, you know, players in the draft that are all old and all have character <laughs> concerns. So it was like, yeah. what's kind of – it's just the whole process didn't make sense. Giving Aaron Rodgers all unproven rookie small school guys didn't make a lot of sense. There was a lot of things that went on last year, and you know better than anybody. Like, it was a mess. It's not that I think the Packers moving on from Rodgers is a bad idea. I just think they chose the worst time to do it. But the problem is you have to rip the bandit off eventually, right? Like that's what it comes down to. And this is the time to do it. And they feel, and do you really believe that Rodgers was going to retire and they thought he was going to come back to the Packers and then went into the darkness and was like, Oh yeah, I'm actually going to play football and the Packers no. don't want me anymore. I don't believe that either. No, not even a little bit. I mean, he's been, he was on record before the darkness retreat, knowing that trade was a possibility. So that was one of the things I wanted to push back on, on that Pat McAfee interview when he was like, acted like the Packers wanting to trade him. Something changed. Field. No, no. He, he said on record that he knew a trade was a possibility. So, uh, you know, there's some stuff he says that I think he, he likes to ham it up. Um, I have no ill will towards the guy. I mean, I, I I've said this before. I don't. I would not be writing about football or doing what I do today if it was not for watching Aaron Rodgers play. Like the guy and the way he operates made me want to learn more about football. Yeah, the person is an interesting guy. He's a complicated fella, as the Packers president once said. Yeah, look, and that's the other thing I want to touch on from the Packers' perspective. That this is what is bothering me a little bit. When we get, we'll get to kind of the leverage situation and all these. You can't come out at a girls JV basketball game and say like the guy's gone before he officially <laughs> said it and then be like, oh, I'm sworn to secrecy. Like you shouldn't have said yeah. anything to begin with. That's on you. Yeah. And I know there's this whole leverage situation. The Jets need Aaron Rodgers. They want Aaron Rodgers very badly. I guess they don't technically need him, but they, if they want to, the way they've kind of gone all in with Hackett and Lazard and all these guys, you kind of need him at this point. And he's already said he wants to go to the Jets and the Packers do need to trade him. They're not going to pay him $60 million of cash, right? Like that's just not going to happen. 
That's why there's not really, no one really has any leverage here. Like they both need to get it done. You could convince yourself yeah. timing wise, the Jets have leverage more right now because the Packers, don't want to, I'm sure they want a 2023 pick. And then the longer it goes, obviously, then it cuts into the Jets offseason and OTAs and start towards camp. And then the Packers are like, well, now we can hold you hostage. So I know there's that little bit of kind of back and forth. What do you think ends up being ultimately compensation? Because yeah. it's not going to be two first round picks and it's no. not going to be a fourth round pick. It's going to be somewhere in between. I've personally gone on the record and I thought it's either going to be a two or a three this year. I'm almost leaning more towards it's a three this year. And then it's a conditional one next year and Corey Davis. And it's maybe you throw in a day three pick or maybe it's a fourth rounder or something. So it's like really two or three picks. It's two, it's two basically top 75 picks, a player that kind of replaces Lazard and maybe it's an additional pick, but I just don't, I don't think you're getting a firm first round pick, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they get, they sneak one in there maybe next year. I have to be very careful what I say because my editor, Justice Mosqueda, is making a list of everyone that's anti. Oh boy, I'm going to get, I'm going to end up on a list. (laughs) Packers fans really want 13th pick, right? And I, I can get why, if this is what's holding it up, why the Packers would want it, right? Would you risk Rodgers retiring and lose out on a third round pick where the Packers have historically whiffed consistently? if it means the potential of getting the 13th overall pick this year. Absolutely. I totally get why the Packers are holding out. Ultimately, I think what happens, I could see something like a second round pick this year, uh, a conditional next year. The one caveat that really interests me is doing a conditional for 2025 on if Rogers yeah, Peter plays. King mentioned that, right? That was really interesting. It was great. Yeah. I actually loved that. Um, if you can get it all the way up to a first round pick based on how he plays, if he plays and how he performs in 2024, like that's the kind of stuff that interests me. Cause that makes sense and seems fair for both sides. Right. And you know, for both of us, it's gotta be hard thinking of appropriate compensation when you cover one side of this agreement. Um, but when it comes to fairness, a conditional based on him playing in 2024 makes the most sense to me. Yeah, as I far think, as Corey yeah. Davis, as far as Corey Davis, uh, I think they wait for him to get cut and then pick him up on a cheaper deal because their cap situation is brutal, man. I, I don't know how they can even afford to take that on. Yeah. Corey Davis has got a, it's he just, he's obviously the, the Jets haven't cut him because he's either going to get traded or he's going to get cut. The guy just, yeah, you're paying, you're not going to pay Corey Davis and Alan Lazar to combine $27 million next year. That's just not going to happen. Can I just say, I, I loved Corey Davis so much coming out of college. I compared him to Brandon Marshall. <laughs> Uh, really rooting for him to end up in Green Bay and then just see him succeed so I can finally dust off that old take. Get a, th- get a thousand, uh, you know, get a thousand, uh, thousand targets with Jordan Love. Yep. From the Jets' perspective, what's either their ceiling? How do you like to fit New York? Because I don't know if they're going to get Odell. It kind of seems like Odell's going to be a Jet, but it's, you know, it's kind of only, obviously only have to get Rodgers, which we think is going to happen. There's all these different scenarios, but when you start to go through it, Brees Hall, Michael Carter in the backfield. Their offensive line is going to probably add another first-round pick on top yeah. of a lot of these other guys. They've got Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore, Lazard, probably could have Odell. Tight end room is good. Like, his the scheme he wants in a top-five defense. Like, where do you – what's the ceiling here? Because yeah. you can start to dream a little bit. This might be kind of his best situation he's been in really talent-wise in a while. I know the Packers had those two really – I mean, three really strong years, but the two really strong years. But yeah. I felt like – he was playing at such a high level that he kind of made up for a little bit of the deficiencies on the other side of the ball. Roster wise. I I mean, I love the jets everywhere besides the offensive line. And I think that is what's going to be huge. I I don't think it gets talked about enough. The biggest reason for Rogers success throughout his career is even with all the plugging and placing and filling in the Packers offensive line has historically been 
incredible, like the last two decades. Uh, a lot of credits coaching staff, the way they scout and develop guys. I mean, it's outrageous. Like you look at where guys get drafted and then like the, I mean, Elton Jenkins is a great example. He was like a late second round pick. Uh, and that was like the most consistent player that you can play on all five spots on the offensive line. Um, so there's something to be said for that. I, I don't know what it's like. Why It's been a while, at least for me, seeing Rodgers play under a questionable offensive line. They got to draft the hell out of that. They got to they gotta hit on offensive linemen. I think more than anything, the entire season is going to come down to that because Rodgers is declining. His mobility is not nearly where it used to be because that used to be something that really helped him out. He really struggles to run, run around now. Uh, if you can't, if you can't get the pass protection set up correctly, uh, it could be kind of rough. Yeah. Look, it's, I don't think anything on his arm is really, it's hard to tell last year because the arm still always looks good, but he, he kind of nonchalants a lot of throws anyways. And then when you have a broken, you don't thumb, say, <laughs> when you have, we know a broken thumb. It's hard to tell, but you could tell last year, there's a couple of throws. Um, I go back to there's a couple of throws against the Patriots that are just like, holy shit, man. Like <laughs> you still got it. Um, the Jets are very much you the Jets are a piece and a half away in the offensive line, I think, from being a pretty solid unit. And that's probably that doesn't mean it's easy to fix though, right? It's they need a center. Uh, whether it's Ben Jones, whether they draft Ben Jones and a rookie and in, in, on day two. Um, we'll see there. I think either way they'll have an upgrade there. I think Connor McGovern was a top 20 center, paid like a top eight mm-hmm. center. That's obviously never where you want to be. Left tackles a We'll see. Dwayne Brown was good early on in the year last year. He had a torn rotator cuff. You obviously hope he's 39, though. So, again, you don't, you hope. I was going to say, I was like, how? The Jets are going to go from the youngest roster in the league to the oldest roster very quickly. Um, AVT is obviously coming back. He's a stud. There's that's, yeah, the, you he know, really Lincoln, is. Lincoln Tomlinson should reform back to at least solid. I don't think they need him to be great. They just need him to not be what he was last year, which, again, I don't know how much is playing next to all these different guys and whatever right guard obviously if you team the right tackle look if the jets draft broderick jones or paris johnson or, or skronsky whatever and they get us and they get ben jones okay now makai beckton's like you're if he plays that's amazing now all of a sudden you have five first round picks on your offensive line you feel great it's a lot of ifs there so i'm, I'm yeah. on the same page as you i think the weapons look great but you need to give rogers time you know any other any quarterback needs time especially guys that are um, you know, quickly approaching their 40th birthday. I want to ask you kind of quickly about the Packers expectations. You know, obviously there's a lot to play out here, right? What picks they get, you know, who they draft, who they sign, whatever. And obviously how good Jordan Love is, is the expectations this division sucks. And can we just, can we eke out nine and eight or 10 and seven and, and get in the playoffs? Or is it, it's all about Jordan Love and then we'll figure it out from there if we have our guy or not. I think there's zero expectations on this season for Packers fans. Uh, I think Detroit is going to be a, a monster in that division. They're a sleeping giant. Uh, you look at the moves they made, uh, and they still have so much draft capital. Um, this is a no expectations, see what Jordan Love can do kind of year. I don't expect playoffs. Uh, I, it could be ugly, um, depending on how things go. Uh, but there's hope. Like There's a lot of young players on there. Um, you have some pieces to build around. But I think the thing that Packers fans are going to have to prepare for is a lot of guys that have been used to seeing play for years uh, could potentially be on their way out. Um, yeah, but yeah, Bakhtiari, you know, it, Aaron Jones, these guys, like, I don't know what's going to happen after this year. Yeah, um, so just if with zero expectations, you can just enjoy enjoy the highs. Uh, you know, with the expectations last year, it was certainly a frustrating year for fans um, just because things weren't going. And I think you'll finally actually get to see what Matt LaFleur's offense looks like in its true form since Rodgers kind of wanted to do his own thing a lot. 
Um, I will say this, um, just from some stuff I heard at the combine, this could be a hot seat year for Matt LaFleur. Yeah, I know Packers fans don't want to hear that. Um, but from some of the stuff I've heard, if things don't go well and his vision isn't really like coming to fruition, uh, keep an eye out. It may not be this year, but the, that seat could be getting warmer. Yeah, because they've <clears throat> you blame you know the, the COVID game, uh, the NFC title game on you know two guys, <laughs> you know guys, uh, a certain number twenty who. Um, his name shall not be said in Green Bay, obviously, based on penalties and that Hail Mary. And then LaFleur obviously kicking instead of going for it there on fourth down. And that was the biggest what if. And then obviously, you know, you the special teams was the the blame in 21. And then 22, obviously, you blame everyone. I, what's your, quickly before we wrap here, the hack get things weird because if you look at his career and you just think of his name and you think of last year and maybe some of the stuff in Buffalo early on and other places, it sucked. But then every player loves him. And to be fair, the Packers red zone, and I know you could look at this from two sides, but when he was the offensive coordinator, he like from everyone I've asked in around Green Bay, and you could confirm this or tell me if I'm wrong, that the red zone was his thing. And the Packers were historically good in the red zone, like literally one of the best. Like some of the best that I'll ever will ever see. Um, what's like? What's the deal here? Because I know, like you just mentioned there, that's why I kind of wanted to ask you. Rogers does a lot of his own stuff, but it is a similar system to what the Jets are running. He had the weird Bortles year where he was a really good OC, but like I don't know what to expect. It's like you can either make it like, oh, this is a terrible hire. They just did it for Rogers, which I guess is going to work, and that's kind of all that matters. Or you can look at it and say. Eh, I don't know. Like maybe he's not terrible. Maybe he's a middle of the pack OC. I don't know. Just just from the things I saw last season from the Jets on the outside, like there were some locker room issues on that offense with Zach Wilson, right? Yeah. Hackett Hackett's gonna be the guy that brings everyone together. Like people love that guy. And like you said about the red zone, like him and Aaron Rodgers will love to get creative with stuff in the red zone. I mean, one of my favorite plays, which ended up getting run again in the Super Bowl, corn dog, as Andy Reid described it, that motion then cut right back against the motion and throw right to that guy uh that play happened on Jalen Ramsey in the playoffs against the Rams with Devontae Adams like the it's the kind of creative stuff like that that I think Rodgers and Hackett love to collaborate with and if like you said earlier in this pod like if that was a big problem for the Jets I totally get why you would want to bring in Hackett yeah I'm uh I'm on the same page you obviously it's probably the most civil discussion you'll see on uh on social media and <laughs> podcasting for uh the rest of the week but... it's because we're friends so well, I think yeah that helps. that's it that helps one last question before we wrap here and then obviously make sure you guys are te- checking out Tyler's stuff um Tyler D Brooke on Twitter obviously the book the pod articles um when does this happen my my guess is end of this week I think we get a resolution it, it's been a little too quiet please please uh, tell me that I'm gonna oh. say I'm gonna say Saturday at like 6:45 at night we get a we'll get a McAfee sources and then it'll be like quickly followed up with Rappaport. I I don't know. I'm running out of memes. I've done Rogers watch memes every day. Uh we're on day 73. I think I started in the 60s. Um some I'm worried it's going to be draft day. With with oh, the Rogers saga from 2020 on, it was like, you know, 2020, the love pick, 2021, the Rodgers announcement. Last year was a little quieter. Um, draft day would feel very on brand. Jeez, God, no. That, that that I don't want. Like, that'll start to get annoyed because it's not even, I mean, I guess whatever, but 
I'd like to go us going to the draft, being able to talk about draft prospects. I know, like that. I'm the time I'm I doing a draft put, pod <laughs> later today. I, I miss talking draft. The time I tried to put in at the combine on draft guys, every two seconds was like, I'm like, hey, what do you think of this player? Dude, shut up. What about Rodgers? What about Derek Carr? And I was like, no, I just like, but, but whatever, it's fun. I feel uh, the exact same way, man. Draft's my favorite time of the year. Yeah, it was and literally three me, of the last four years has been Rodgers' watch. Obviously, everyone kind of talks. It was literally me, you, about three or four of the people that cover the Packers and my brother. And we're just talking. We're like, we haven't said one word about a prospect in 20 <laughs> minutes. Um, it, it, was, uh, it was certainly an interesting combine, hopefully next year um you know we'll be again back to talking prospects but appreciate you you hopping on obviously uh you know unfortunately we don't get just packers this year that would have been that would have been pretty funny yeah but, um, we get it preseason yeah. don't we yeah there we so at least we'll get we'll get something um somehow rogers won't play in that game uh but appreciate you hopping on make sure you guys are following tyler and uh we'll be back uh we'll be back friday thanks everybody